Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. And I know everyone can sort of feel that the church is coming into a fruitful season over the next five years. So that's exciting. So if you're part of it, which you'll hear, get on board because it's, uh, it's going to be exciting. Um, there's a girl just in the second row next to Mariah. I don't actually know you, sorry. But I was, I was going to ask um, just a thought, but no, the Holy Spirit's just, just saying me to say something. Um, I just see, I see God smiling. Uh, and the scripture, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And I, I just looked over in the worship and you were just like hungering and thirsting after God. And he's, I just see him just smiling over you. And the next thing I got was open doors. I have no idea what that means. You may, you may not. But just open doors in your life. don't know what that means, but that was just something I felt uh, for you. And then the, the young fellow here, I met you this morning and I think we've met a couple of times. But I just... Same sort of thing, just blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, but just to, just to pursue God, just to pursue God intensely. He will not let you down. If you just give your life to Him, uh, anyone in this room who's done that, He blesses your life. So that was just something I had for you too. So awesome. So tonight's message, I actually was wrestling with this for the last, last couple of weeks and I made up my mind what I was going to preach. And then in the worship, I was just like wrestling. I'm like, I had, I had a message. This message that I'm actually going to bring was, a, I did half of this in Thailand. Um, in Thailand, and, and I sort of put some more to it this week and felt that's what it was. And then I was like, oh no, there's another one that I actually just made like not that long ago that I really felt I was going to do for tonight. And it was like I spent hours on and it was going to be this message I was pumped about. But I really felt the Holy Spirit say that this is the message you need to speak tonight. And, and I was almost wrestling. I, was, I nearly backed out of it then. I was going to do, I got both on my tablet. And I feel that obviously this is for someone tonight. So, because I was going to do the other one. So this is the one that I felt. And um, a funny story from Thailand though, when we were preaching this message, the guy that was our interpreter, most of you may have heard this or may not, was the shortest man I've ever met in my life. And the verse that we're reading from is David and Goliath. And the, the, it was literally five minutes before I got to preach, the lady who was interpreting for me was a lady, and she was quite tall for a Thai lady, the lady with the glasses, she was quite tall, and, and she was going to do it, and then the last minute, this guy came and he's like, oh no, I've got to do it, can I have your verses and that? And he was literally, like, I should have bought the photo, it's, it is literally the short, like a jockey, you know, like a horse, like, just the shortest guy you've ever seen, so we just, we just laughed for the first 10 minutes, like, well, no one could get serious, I'm like, I'm reading the David and Goliath, and he's just looking up at me, and... It was terrible. We didn't get anywhere fast for the first 10 minutes. It was good. Okay, so it's first uh, Samuel 17. It's 1 to sort of 51, but I'll chop through. So you can follow it along, um, but it may chop through a little bit so it doesn't take all night to get through. Uh, so it's first Samuel 17, 1 to 51, around about that. So it says, Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled in Judah. Saul and the Israelites assembled... Uh, and camped in the valley of, of Elah and drew up a battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with a valley in between them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out uh, of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span, which they've worked out to be just over three meters tall. So that's me with my arm. His head's up there somewhere. Like he's a big, he's a big dude. Uh, he had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze grievers, whatever the heck bronze grievers is. Um, it sounds scary. And a bronze javelin uh, was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like that of a weaver's rod. Sounds scary too. Don't know what that is. Uh, and his iron point weighed 
600 shekels. Uh, his, his shield bearer went ahead of him. See, so like a guy, that's this big dude would carry his shield. Uh, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? Are you not uh, the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to fight me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your servants or your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistine's word, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Okay, the Israelites were terrified of this guy. Now David was the son of a man named Jesse who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons. Jesse's three older sons uh, had followed Saul to the war, and David was the youngest son. The three oldest sons uh, followed da- f- the three oldest sons followed Saul, as I said, but David went back and forth uh, from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For 40 days, the Philistines came forward every morning, and every evening he took his stand, the Philistine. Now Jesse said to his son, David, Take some food, some cheese and some bread to your brothers, which is pizza. Cheese and bread is pizza. Um, and take some pizza to the commander of the unit too. See how your brothers are and bring back the information to me. Um, they are with Saul and all the men of Israel fighting against the Philistines. Early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of one of the shepherds, loaded up his pizza and set out uh, as Jesse had told him his bread and cheese, his pizza, for sure, with a bit of garlic. Um, he reached the camp as the army was going out to its normal battle cry and its positions, shouting their war cries. Israel and the Philistines were drawn up uh, facing each other. David ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers, how are they? As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard this. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. These are hardened Israelite soldiers in fleeing in great fear. David asked the men standing nearby, this is is cool. David asked the men standing nearby, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from evil, uh, from from Israel, sorry. Uh, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? They said, the king will give great wealth to the man who kills Goliath. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt him from taxes. My man, that's pretty cool, isn't it? He gets the king's daughter, he gets exempt from taxes, and he gets a whole lot of riches. And he's only a teenager, so he's he's thinking this is cool. Um, When Elab, David's oldest brother, listen to this. When Elab, David's older brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger and asked him, "'Why have you come down here? "'And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness?' I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. This is one of his brothers, okay? Uh, now, what have I done, said David? Can't I even speak? He, turned, he then turned away to someone else and brought up the matter and asked what will be done for the man who kills Goliath. He's asked again. Um, what David said was overhear, overheard and reported to Saul. A couple more verses. And Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go down and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to fight uh, this Philistine. You're only a young man, and he has been a warrior since his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant uh, has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and 
and carried off the sheep or the flock, I went after it and struck it and rescued it, rescued the sheep from his mouth. When it turned to me, turned on me, I seized it by its hair and struck it and killed it. This is a pretty cool teenager. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. No one else was, he was supposed to be out there fighting. He didn't, you know, he's like, go little boy and go to your fate. Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose five smooth stones from the stream and put them in his pouch. And with his thing in his hand, he approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine kept coming closer to David. He looked up at David and saw him that he was only a young boy and said, am I a dog that you come, up with, come at me with some sticks? Like, you got to think about it. It's like, you know, like a little two-year-old trying to fight me. It was almost like that. It's like it's not, even a, not even a fair match. Come here, he said, and I will give your flesh to the birds and to the wild animals. This is what Goliath said. But David said to the Philistine, listen to this, you come against me with the sword and the spear and the javelin, but I come against you with the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day, he keeps going on, this little boy, he's like, this day I will deliver you, uh, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This is this little teenager. Um, This very day I will give to the carcasses, uh, to the birds of the carcasses, the Philistine army and the whole world will see that there is a God in Israel. The last part here. Uh, And those gathered, and and those gathered here, I will know that there that is not by sword or by spirit uh, by sword sorry or by shield that the Lord saves for the Lord for the law sorry for the battle is the Lord's uh, and he's and he will give you into my hands and the Philistine moved closer to attack him David ran quickly toward him reached into his bag threw the stone slung it in the head hit the ground David ran over with a chainsaw chopped off his head um, and the Philistines. He was gone, paraphrasing. And the Philistines saw that their hero was dead. Then they all ran and were terrified. What a story. What a story. It's a lot of Bible reading. I never read that much Bible, but I just felt to lay the foundation um, because some of my points come out and it will make sense in a second. My heading for tonight, giants. David's three giants. So not just Goliath. David's three giants. Uh, we all have giants we have to face, don't we? Not just big, tall people like me, like actual spiritual giants, things that we have to face. And the first giant that David had to face was the fear of man. The fear of man. We all have to face the fear of man, don't we? Have we got a backdrop or a picture? Did it work? There it is. It did work. We all have to face the fear of man. It's something we all have to face. Uh, David had to face what people thought about him. Think about it. He rocks up at this battlefield uh, and then says to this hardened soldier that I'm going to take down this Goliath. And remember, David's just a teenager. Like I said, like, like it, he's just a small boy compared to this giant. David would have had everyone against him. Like literally no one was for him, not even his family. Uh, Saul was the only one that sort of you know, gave him a go because he was too scared to do it himself. No one actually thought that he could actually win from this against this giant. And we all have to face the giant of the fear of man. You know what it was like at school uh, when you had to, you know, do a speech or you had to uh, do a swim or run or any of those things. I say swim because 
I was a terrible swimmer. I'm still not the greatest swimmer. I'm just so long and it's like my back's just not that strong and my legs are just like like a skier just out of control because my feet are so big. It's not good. But I remember at school, I was quite tubby and, um, and I was pretty self-conscious. And I remember at school, I'd, I'd swim, but I'd like swimming like literally like a full body, pretty much like, um, like massive big board shorts that came down to here that were three sizes too big. I'd have a wetsuit that was three sizes too big, you know, thought I was a homie, but I was just covering, you know, I was a bit insecure, you know. And I just remember I'd dive in and then I'd literally just sink because, you know, it's just like, oh, just sinking and all this stuff. And I just was so terrified to swim. I always remember we had to do it. We were at private schools, like you didn't have an option. You literally... You, had to, you, you get like suspended if you miss the sports carnival. Like nowadays, it's like, oh, you just have a sick day. It's like, it doesn't happen. In my school, we had to have a doctor's certificate if we had a day off from school. There we go. How's that for anyone who's in school nowadays? A doctor's certificate to have a day off from school. Um, anyway, uh, or stand up for your faith. Uh, when everyone else around you is, is, is saying the opposite, doing the opposite, or, or in your workplace, you know, where you just feel like you, need, you want to make a stand or, or something like that, it's... It's, we have to fight the fear of man. We have to make that stand. Who really cares what people think? Who really cares? Like life is just so short, you know. You don't want to get to heaven and just be like, oh, I thought I cared so much about what people thought my whole life and it held me back from that. What counts is what God thinks, what God thinks of you. And he has called you to not be afraid and to face the giant of the fear of man. And I had to face this giant. And I still have to today. Uh, it's another school story. When I was at school, I'd not do my public speaking. You know, the public speaking where you get up and do your public speaking. I would just fail. I would just literally, they'd go around the class and, Tim, get it. I just, oh, sorry, I haven't done it. And they'd just fail me. Just, I would rather fail. I was so scared to get up and speak in front of people. But I had a really cool teacher who, who would actually said, to talk to the principal and would suspend me if I didn't do my speech. And I'd still fail me. So I had to get up and do my speech. I'd still fail. Um, but yeah, she, had to, she was smart. I had to face it. I had to face the fear of public, of public speaking. For me, the best way to overcome the giant of the fear of man was to face it, just to run at it head on. That's, that was for me, and it is for a lot of us too. Face the giant of the fear of man head on, is what I just said. Face it, just run at it. Like David wasn't running away. He was running at what everyone was thinking. He was a giant and said, I will take you down, just like David did. My second point. The next giant David had to face was the fear of what his friends and his family thought of him. This is a big one for some people. What your family and what your friends think of you. David rocked up to the battlefield to bring food to his older brothers, remember? And he hears, uh, you know, this big freak talking, rah, 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 and he goes up and says, I'm going to take this guy down. And his brother, his brother, I'll just read that again. His brother said to him, um, when he heard David speaking, he burned with anger against him. Why have you come down here? And just, just like, just ripped in to his brother. You know what it's like? People got older brothers, younger brothers. <laughs> you got to do something, and someone is like, "Don't be an idiot. Why would you do something so stupid?" Sometimes it feels like your family won't even let you speak. I mean, you just, you just, you want to step out in faith. You want to do something, and they just, you know, your friends or family just don't, don't even let you speak. Maybe you go home and, and you, you, know, you haven't seen them for a while and you tell them all about what God's done in your life. And maybe for some of you in transformations, you're like, I've, I've totally changed and you have totally changed, but they're like, yeah, whatever. You know? and, and sometimes your family's just like, it's just, just like it's holding you back. 
And you say to them, I'm going to do something great. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to invent something. I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to have a business. I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to do Bible college. And all they do is just shut you down like David on the battlefield. They just, just don't, just be quiet. Just shut him down. We need to fight that. We need to fight what? We need to honor and respect our family and our parents and all that stuff. But if they're just like telling you an idiot because you want to do something great, sometimes you just got to shut that out and do what God has called you to do. Do what He's called you to do. The other thing is your friends. Friends is a huge one. That's another one. Sometimes our friends are even uh, more closer than our family for some people. Like you've got better friends than you've had with your family over the past. And the same sort of thing, you know, you, you, you go up to me, you believe you're going to do something great in your workplace and, and like, oh, I'll try that before, you know, good luck with that one sort of thing. And your friends are just like, sometimes the body of Christ, like Christians can be the worst. You're like, I really feel like we need to do this. And like, oh, what are you, we've done that, you know, waste of time. And, you know, David would have had to fight all of that when he was going to, like the Israelites, you know, they were, the, they were the, the Christians, as you would say, of the time, and it wasn't Christian, but they were the, God, the followers of God, and they were like, you're an idiot, why are you doing this? But imagine if David listened to his crazy older, older brother and didn't fight Goliath. What would happen? I mean, the whole, the whole Israelite army, they could have been wiped out by this guy. But David's like, no, no, I'm going to do what God's called me to do. One person who continually faces their giants and their fears can save their life and save so many others. I'll read that again. One person who continually faces their giants and their fears can change their life and change so many others. One person, think about it, David was just this one little dude, but he changed the whole course of the Israelite army, the whole history of time. Face the giant of what your family and your friends think of you. Don't let it hold you back. It can, it can be like, you know, it can just hold you back. There's a the verse in Proverbs, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but he who trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Or the message verse, I think, is fear of man is a, is a dangerous trap. And who, who, something like that, it's a dangerous trap, like the picture of fearing man and, and people holding you back. It's like being in a dangerous trap. It can hold you back, which is not good. My third point, uh, the next giant he had to face was the fear of failure. Now, this one's big. The fear of failure. We all have to face this one. We all have to face this one. And David must have thought about this one a few times. Uh, if I fail, I'll be the laughing stock of everyone. Everyone will just be laughing at me. Uh, and then he'll get eaten. Like life would have just like, it would have just been like an entree. Just, he would have sort of picked him up and just, he would have just been a little pop, like a little prawn. And, you know, he would have just, just a little entree. And he had, you know, this what would happen. The giant of failure will keep you down and out of the race. And for some of us, we know that. The giant of failure can be so big. Now, I used to be so scared to play drums. I was actually a reasonably good drummer when I was younger, and I had a drum kit at home, but I was so scared, like just so terrified. Like I, I couldn't play in front of anyone. Like I could be at home just literally just shredding the drums, just playing, doing these roles, and then I get to church, and I played in church with me once, I just had my head down the whole time. I didn't, do, I didn't touch the cymbals. I just, like, I was so, just so bound up by the fear of man and, and the fear of, of what was going on around me. But I've got my older brother to thank for my, um, if that's the word, 
he's on the phone to James McPherson, who was our youth pastor back in the day. And James is like, hey, I need you to sing, Steve. Uh, worship pastor's moved on or something. I need you to sing. And then who's going to play drums? And he's like, yep, Tim's going to play drums. He's all good. I'm standing right in front of him. He's like, he's all good. I'm like, no. He's like, he's all good. He'll play on, he'll play on Saturday. No worries. And just hung up. So I'm like 13. And we had a youth group of 300 and few back then. So like 13, through, it was a pretty big, pretty big thing. And uh, I was so, so scared. But I just remember when I got up and played and then over the next couple of months, it was just as I just faced that fear of, of, of I was the possibility that I'd fail, like, like I was not, I could play, but I was scared that I was going to, I was going to fail. I had no choice, uh, no choice but to face that giant because I was on the roster. It was happening. It was happening. And as I said, when I faced it, I had so much confidence and then really started to enjoy it and, uh, yeah, and still play a little bit today. Failure will happen in life though. It will happen. It's, we all know who's failed. Everyone's failed. It will happen in life. But don't let it keep you down. Just learn from it and move on. I, I heard a pastor say, fail forward. I was like, what does that mean? It's like, when you fail, just, you're failing forward, not back. It's like just sort of fail and then just get up and keep going. Don't let failure hold you down. I heard another pastor say, uh, I think it might have been a businessman was saying that uh, they had this guy working for him. They put him on staff and a big amount of money that the company lost. And, and they didn't go bankrupt or anything, but they lost all this money. And, and the board got together like, are we going to fire like this guy? He just wasted 50 grand. The guy's like, why the heck would I fire him? We just, it's a $50,000 lesson. Like this, this guy's never going to do it ever again. And I thought, wow, like it was like the, the boss could see that that was like, it was almost like a lesson. Like it was a $50,000 lesson, not, oh, you failed, kick you out the door. It was just like, he'll never do that ever again. And it was this thing, like, wow, like failure is not a bad thing. It's actually just learning through that. What about Thomas Edison? How many times did he fail to get this place lit up? Like so many times. I can't remember how it is. It's so many, thousands, like thousands of times. If he'd given up, we'd be sitting here with candles. And I'm glad he didn't give up. Um, and I've had to face this fear of, of failure so many times. And I have had some good, some good funny fail stories um, where I nearly fell off the stage at a massive big concert with a thousand people out. Uh, that same concert, I smacked myself in the face with a drum kit and like just passionate in the praise, smacked myself in the nose and like half the people saw it. Just so many, so many times where you, you know, fail. The biggest one, which I've told this story before, was Youth Alive. Youth Alive on the Sunshine Coast. And uh, it was a superhero theme, so they made us all dress up. Uh, and, um, and so my brother dressed up as Superman, and then like there was about eight people, and I dressed up. I got the gorilla suit, okay? But I'm like 16, I'm like six foot four and 110 kilos. I was a big boy. And the suit was built for someone about Peter's size. So I get this suit, and I was literally like a gorilla, which worked out well, you know, because you're sort of like this the whole time. Anyway, we got. We got James or someone was like, oh, you know, let's do a, a superhero fight on the stage. We're kind of like fighting each other. This is years ago. There was uh, 1,800 people there, like nearly 2,000 people at this event. Cameras, Planet Shakers was the band that was on after, like huge big event, Russell Evans, everything. So I'm on the stage. Anyway, I get tackled by my brother, which is what would happen, and the suit rips from here to here. And I've fallen like this with everyone out there on the ground. The camera's right in. They can, they can get you down and out. Another one was I was showing off to this girl. I had a girlfriend. Remember back in grade six, a little girl? that I, Anyway. I was going to say a name. This will be recorded. I better not. Anyway, so we're down in Budrum. 
We're down in Bath. This driveway across the road. It was the steepest driveway you've ever seen. You know that bedroom. Like anyway, so I'm showing off to this girl doing wheelies and doing like stoppies and everything. Anyway, so I go down the neighbor's driveway, just fang down. But the sprinkler had gone across it and just totally lost it. Like I'm dragging for like five meters along the ground and just blood everywhere. I just remember running into mum, trying to show off to my girl. Crashed cars, I've crashed cars, I've crashed trucks, crashed a $200,000 truck, that was good fun. Um, fallen off motorbikes, said dumb things, all these things, but we've all, haven't we? we've all failed, but here we all are today, and we can't let the fear of failure hold us down. It, it, it's just, you know, we, we just got to get up, get up. Well, while you've still got oxygen, you've actually still got another go. So God's actually given you another go. If you're still breathing, you're not a failure at all. Not, not the littlest bit failure because he still thinks, okay, here's some breath. Let's keep going. He hasn't, he hasn't taken you home to be with him yet. You know, the, uh, the fear of failure can sometimes feel like a giant, just like Goliath standing over you. For some of you that have failed 1,000 times trying to give up something and you're just like, that's it. I'm just going to quit. Don't quit. It looks like a giant. But remember, Goliath is quite big. But God behind him is huge. Goliath's just like a speck. And he's got your back. He's got you. Just don't, just don't quit. Don't let failure hold you back. Use David's life as an example to help you face the giants and to never give up. Joshua 1.9, one of my favorite verses. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. When you're feeling like a failure, the Lord your God is with you. When your friends and family are, uh, you know, just like, just feel like they're holding you back and saying you're a loser, you're never going to overcome this addiction, you're never going to do anything with your life. No, know that God is with you. God is with you. He's with you all the time and He's cheering you on. He's cheering you on. If you, I reckon if we could see a picture of, of heaven, you know, and just like there's like a balcony, they're all looking down, just cheering you on. They know your name, they're cheering you on. And we all have different giants that we have to face. There's so many, so many giants. But never give up facing the giant of the fear of man. Never give, never give up facing the giant of what your friends and your family may think of you. And never give up facing the giant of failure. Giant of failure. It can, it can just take you out. Run at them and face them knowing that the power of Jesus is on the inside of you and you will win. You will win. I'll get the worship team up. You will win. You're not doing this by your own strength. You know, it's the Holy Spirit that's inside of us. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us the power to overcome. Don't let these failures or these fears hold you back. Take a step of faith. As you face your fears and walk by faith, as I said, God will back you up. He will help you. But it first starts with us taking that stand. Like David had to take that stand. I guarantee David would have been scared at times and he would have been a little bit fearful and would have thought about it. But he's like, no, God is with me. The God of the, of the Israelite army, the God, he is with me and he is with you. He is with you. Why don't we close our eyes? Nearly finished. Maybe you're here tonight and uh, you still don't know what's going on. It's your first time. you Maybe you're brought here by a friend. I'm here to tell you, God loves you. God has a plan for your life. You know, God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for you. And he died so that you could be free from your sins. And you say, I'm a good person. I haven't done that bad. I haven't robbed a bank or whatever. I haven't done anything that bad. But 
It says in Romans 3.23 that all of us have sinned fall short of the glory of God. We were all born into this world of sin. We all have the disease called sin. And it started with Adam right back at the start of time. When he sinned, it brought all the bad stuff in this world. God is good. God is not bad. It's the sin and the enemy that is the bad stuff. But God had a plan. God's always got a plan. In Romans 5, it says, But God demonstrated His love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ Jesus died for us to be free. He died for us to be free. The Bible also says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in Him, we will be saved. The first step is opening your life up to Him. Opening your life up to Him. He's saying to you, let me into your life. If you don't know Jesus, and you're in this place tonight, but you know you need to ask Jesus in your heart. You just feel like there's something different about this place. It's just a, there's just this atmosphere that I, I haven't felt at parties. I haven't felt at the club. It's, it's God's love. It's like you feel home. You just feel like, I just feel home in this place. That's because it's God's presence. There, there, there's a Jesus void inside you. It's like this shape inside you that only Jesus will fill. You can try everything and nothing will satisfy that void in your life but a relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And if you're here tonight and you don't know this Jesus, but you, you just think, I just, need to, I just need to enter him into my life. You don't actually, you don't have all the answers, but you just know he's real and you want to know him. Why don't you raise your hand while nobody's looking? Just say, yep, that's me, yep. Yep. Anybody else? You're just like, I Yeah, a couple of people. Anybody else tonight? You just feel like he's knocking on your heart, just saying, hey, just let me in. And not to control your life, but to help you. You've been trying to do it your own way for so long and it's just not working out. Why not try God's way? Why not try God's way? Or maybe you're here tonight and, uh, and you do know God and you've been walking with Him, uh, but you've just been struggling with so much fear and you just feel like, you're, yeah, like you're just, your foot is just like in a trap or, or there's like a ball and chain just stuck to your foot and the fear of man and the fear of failure and the fear of what all these people are thinking is just holding you back. And you want to be free from that. If that's you tonight, why don't you raise your hand? You just feel like this. Yep, I need to be a few people for that. God wants to set you free from that. God wants to set you free from that. What we're going to do, why don't we all just stand? And I'm going to lead everyone uh, in the sinner's prayer. And then we'll come out the front and we'll pray for people. And if it's your first time, we'd love to give you a Bible. But why don't we all pray this, uh, pray this after me. Let's, let's pray this out. Jesus, I thank you for setting me free. I ask you into my life from this day on. Help me to walk with you all the days of my life. Help me to face my fears and overcome my giants. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.